Hi, this is Professor Jim Paisley. Are you tired of the five-minute news clips presented every night by the talking heads on the national news? Would you like to know what is really going on? I have taught American and European history for the past 27 years. I find it fascinating how history truly does repeat itself. When we watch the evening news, no one seems to know anything about how current events are all tied to the past. Critical race theory, crime in our cities, federal versus state powers, the Arab-Israeli conflict? How about international relations with Russia, China, and Europe? On my shows, I give a historical perspective to what is currently happening in our world. Join me weekly to find the true history behind what is happening today. topic today. My wife and I were talking and we were visiting about all the land that China seems to be buying up here in the United States. And we've discussed this before about, you know, how the agricultural industry is falling into the hands of the Chinese. But she asked me another question. She said, exactly how much of the United States does China really own? I thought, boy, that's a great question. So I did a little research. Because China has slowly been buying big in America, dominating the global supply chain in all sorts of different industries that I never really thought about. I found a great article by Holly McKay, who's with Fox News. She says that the coronavirus pandemic may have shed light on China's influence in America over the supply chain, including life-saving medicines, technology, and equipment. But some analysts believe the ongoing crisis lays bare the inroads China has made on U.S. soil. The American Security Institute recently released a report and launched a campaign featuring a billboard in Times Square of all places to draw further attention to the extensive array of sectors the Chinese government and its partners have invested in. But exactly how much does the nation own? Well, are you sitting down? Are you ready for this? In the area of medicine, China produces 97% of U.S. antibiotics and about 80% of active pharmaceutical ingredients used in American drugs, giving the Chinese Communist Party absolute control of potentially life-saving medicine. For example... Chinese pharmaceutical companies supply 70% of the world's acetaminophen, commonly used in Tylenol. Wow. And we've talked about the food industry. In 2017, the United States imported $4.6 billion in agricultural goods from China, which is also responsible for much of the global supply of soy and pea proteins that are found in nutritional supplements and synthetic meats. A Chinese firm has also purchased Smithfield Foods, the world's largest pork processor and hog producer. 
How about the area of education? The Chinese government's theft of intellectual property has been an open secret for decades. More recently, U.S. authorities have discovered China is funding American university researchers who don't always disclose those contributions. In the area of technology, the manufacturing of smartphones and other household items is heavily reliant on China, which controls most of the rare earth minerals that make those items work. Additionally, China is seeking to build 5G networks in the United States and other Western countries, which could potentially feed personal information and sensitive data to the Chinese Communist Party. And this one I had to sit back and think about. Media. Chinese firms have bought AMC Entertainment, Legendary Entertainment, and other media companies. Control of 8,000-plus of American theater screens and other media platforms allows China to project soft power and block unflattering depictions of the Chinese government from being presented, both in terms of creative production and mass distribution. Citing the nonpartisan economic think tank Paulson Institute, the American Security Institute report underscores that Chinese firms and investors own a controlling majority of nearly 2,400 U.S. companies. 2,400, folks. Under China, China Communist Party dictatorship, private companies are forced to bend to the government's will, the report states. A recently passed law in China requires companies to share data with Chinese communist spy agencies if requested. And under President Xi Jinping, the Communist Party has returned to being the ultimate authority in business. The Human Rights Watch has written that China is an existential threat to human rights. Now, while the U.S. grants China permission to buy its companies... China does not allow U.S. companies to operate the same way on their soil. The first priority is to reclaim our critical supply chains so that we can become self-secure instead of relying on the Chinese government, according to Will Coggin, managing editor of the American Security Institute. The extent of Chinese investment in recent years has also raised red flags around U.S. national security, particularly in the realm of rare earth minerals. These are especially vital not only for high technology products such as smartphones and electric vehicles, but for U.S. frontline weapons including the F-35 fighter, which requires 920 pounds of rare earth minerals. In 2017, the United States produced zero rare earth minerals. China, on the other hand, accounted for more than 80% of the world's supply. However, the full extent of the Chinese investment, as it stands in the U.S. today, is far from transparent. The Chinese have a strong foothold here in the U.S., and Chinese firms have access to what seems like infinite government lending, and because the country's goal of world dominance is ingrained into the minds of their business leaders, explained Paul Menard, president of the Nevada-based real estate firm Metroplex. 
It means our U.S. directors have a hard task on their hands when it comes to negotiation. Milos Marisic, an international affairs expert and World Economic Forum contributor, concurred that while China owns close to $150 billion in U.S. companies, not particularly huge in compar- comparison to the U.S. economy, there is a lot about the available figure that we simply don't know. He said the number is very difficult to gauge correctly due to complicated ownership structures that the Chinese sometimes employ. It could be bigger. Some U.S. lawmakers are pushing back amid the coronavirus virus fallout, which ignited an initial panic over concerns of critical medical shortages and Beijing's threat to withhold the needed goods. In late May, the Senate unanimously passed the Bipartisan Holding Foreign Companies Accountable Act in a bid to force foreign companies, with China at the forefront, to adhere to U.S. securities law and compel some to be removed from American stock exchanges. The bill, which is yet to move through the House, would necessitate that an issuer must make his certification if the Public Company Accounting Oversight Board is unable to audit specified reports because the issuer has retained a foreign public accounting firm not subject to inspection by the U.S. Board. So they're hiding it, is basically what it boils down to. They may own it, but it's going to be hard to figure it out. More than 200 foreign firms, mostly Chinese, with a combined market capitalization of almost $2 trillion, that's with a T, are said to be not meeting this standard. So their stocks are traded, but U.S. investors have limited insight into what is going on internally with the companies. Subsequently, China and other international players would be obligated to accede to an audit that can be reviewed by the nonprofit Public Company Accounting Oversight Board, which oversees audits of all U.S. companies that endeavor to raise money in public markets. Now, here's what I found shocking, because we just simply don't know what all the Chinese own. I found a great article called uh, American Companies You Didn't Know Were Owned by Chinese Investors at a website called Made in America. And the article was by a fellow by the name of Don Buckner. Now, he said, while you may think the classic American brands you see every day are entirely domestic, many are actually owned by Chinese investors. Okay, grab a cup of coffee and listen to this one. Number one on the list, AMC. That's right, the popular cinema company, AMC, short for American Multi-Cinema, has been around for over a century and is headquartered in Leewood, Kansas. In 2012, Beijing-based Dalian Wanda Group became the majority stakeholder, giving them the power to make decisions at the executive level. This group invested $2.8 billion in the historic deal. I thought, man, that's, that's wild. What else could ha- they possibly have their hands into? Are you ready? Number two is General Motors. General Motors? Yeah, that's right. General Motors, based in Detroit, Michigan. General Motors is known as America's largest automobile manufacturer. While the company isn't owned by a Chinese company, 
It relies on its partnership with Shanghai Automotive Industry to stay profitable. In 1998, the two auto giants teamed up to form SAIC GM, a Chinese brand with a 6 million square foot facility in, that's right, Shanghai. Now, while GM is extremely popular in the U.S., its extra sales in China through SAIC help to bring in revenue on a regular basis. One another, number three, Snapchat. Snapchat's founders never could have estimated the level of long-term success that the app would achieve. And just last year, the app counted a total of 187 million active users. Although it was created in 2011, it didn't go public on the New York Stock Exchange until 2017. Unsurprisingly, its shares were incredibly popular, and the company sold over 200 million shares at $17 each. Although rival company Facebook offered to buy Snapchat for $4 billion, they opted out. Instead, Tencent Holdings bought a large share of yet another tech giant. The Chinese investor owns about 14% of Snapchat's shares. Number four on the list, Hilton Hotels. That's right. Since 1919, Hilton has become a household name throughout the U.S. and other countries. In 2016, HNA Group, Chinese aviation and shipping giant, bought a 25% stake for $6.5 billion. This acquisition put two Chinese directors on Hilton's board of 10 members. If that wasn't enough, the iconic Waldorf Astoria Hotel. If you're making a trip to New York, staying at the Waldorf is a true taste of luxury. Not only is it an institution, it's also part of American history. Now, while the company is managed by Hilton Worldwide, it was bought by the Anbang Insurance Group, A-N-B-A-N-G, of China in 2014 for $1.95 billion. That extravagant price made it the most expensive hotel ever sold. And yes, it's owned by China. General Electric. Yeah, General Electric Appliance Division. General Electric covers a wide range of industries, and their appliance division is manufactured in the USA with global parts and with domestic parts whenever possible. However, in 2016, Chinese investor Hair, H-A-I-E-R, bought the company's appliance division for $5.4 billion. Next on my list, we already talked about it, Smithfield Foods. When it comes to producing pork-based products, Smithfield Foods reigns supreme. The company has been going since 1936, when it was created by Joseph W. Luter and his son. The business grew steadily over the years to become one of the largest in the industry, with over 500 farms in America alone. Well, back in 2013, WH Group bought Smithfield Foods for the astronomical sum of $4.72 billion. At that time, it was the most expensive acquisition made by a Chinese company in America. So while Smithfield's headquarters might be in Smithfield, Virginia, the company is actually run out of China. 
Here's another icon. IBM, Personal Computer Division. As far as technology companies go, IBM has gone from strength to strength to dominate the market. Since its conception in 1911, the business has gone on to work on computer hardware, software, consulting services, they invented the floppy disk, and even more. The advancements the company has made are undeniable. Back in 2005, they announced that its personal computer division had been acquired by Lenovo, who paid $1.25 billion for the company. This one here, I can't hardly believe. SeaWorld. That's right, SeaWorld, the theme park, has been going for 56 years, for better or for worse. The parks were owned by Bush Entertainment Group, but this all changed in 2009 when they were sold to Blackstone Group. Blackstone held on to the venture until 2017 when they sold the majority of their stake in a public offering to China. So even SeaWorld is now controlled by the Chinese. One another? How about 21st Century Fox? The glittering lights of Hollywood and the looming presence of 21st Century Fox has been part of the American dream since the days of Marilyn Monroe. But the company itself is no longer 100% American. In 2014, Beijing's Bona Film, B-O-N-A, bought 19% of Fox for $70 million. The following year, they poured in $235 million into a slew of upcoming movies that the movie studio was producing. No wonder Hollywood seems to get along with China. Here's another one, Lionsgate. You've heard of them. Lionsgate has been making movies since 1997, producing hits like The Hunger Games and What to Expect When You're Expecting, American Psycho, and more. In 2015, Lionsgate and Hunan brokered a $3.75 million deal that saw the Chinese company basically getting 25% of Lionsgate's projects for the following three years. Now all this begs the question, how much do we actually owe China? Now I found an interesting article on Investopedia. Nations borrowing from each other may be as old as the concept of money. Foreign debt provides the opportunity for countries to secure the financing they ordinarily wouldn't have access to to stimulate their economy. However, the concept of foreign debt carries a negative connotation, especially when it concerns large amounts owed to nations embroiled in controversy. For example, the huge amount of debt that the U.S. government owes Chinese leaders has been the subject of countless debates, headline news stories, and political platforms for decades. Yet, we continue to borrow from them. Now, how the ownership of U.S. debt works, that's what's interesting. By mid-2017, the total amount of official debt owed by the federal, state, and local governments was more than $19.8 trillion. That's right, with a T. That figure was $30.5 trillion as of June 30, 2022. So between 2017 and 2022, we jumped from $19.8 trillion to $30.5 trillion, 
in government debts. Now, of the 30.5 trillion in government debts, more than six trillion is owned by the federal government and trust funds. These are accounts dedicated to things like Social Security, Medicare, and other entitlements. Now, in simpler terms, what happened was is the government wrote itself a really big IOU and bankrupted one account to finance another's activity. IOUs are formed and financed through joint efforts of the U.S. Department of Treasury and the Federal Reserve. So all that money you've been contributing to Social Security, yeah, you put it all in there, but the government decided, well, it's just sitting there doing nothing. We'll write an IOU. You know, we're good for it. And they took the money and used it on other things. Now, much of the rest of the debt is owned by individual investors, corporations, and other public entities. This includes everybody from retirees who purchase individual U.S. Treasury notes to the Chinese government. Now, of all things, Japan, not China, holds the top spot among foreign creditors with $1.2 trillion, 4% of total U.S. debt. China holds the number two position, holding $980.8 billion of U.S. Treasury notes, 3.2% of our total debt. Now, Japanese-owned debt doesn't receive nearly as much negative attention as Chinese-owned debt, probably because Japan is seen as a friendlier nation, and the Japanese economy hasn't grown as fast as China's year after year. The other countries that hold the most U.S. debt include our neighbors, the U.K., with $634 billion, Switzerland has $294 billion, and the Cayman Islands, slightly behind Switzerland, with $293.2 billion of the United States debt. Now, why China owns so much U.S. debt? There's two main economic reasons China lenders bought up so much of the U.S. Treasury securities. The first and most important is that China wants its currency, the UN, Y-U-A-N, pegged to the dollar. A dollar pegged to their currency keeps down the cost of Chinese exports, which the Chinese government believes makes it stronger in international markets. This also reduces the purchasing power of Chinese earners. Dollar pegging adds stability to the UN since the dollar is still seen as one of the safest currencies in the world. This is the second reason the Chinese want their currency tied to our currency. Basically, they can take their currency and redeem it for dollars. Now, China drew some headlines in 2013 and 2014 for buying a lot, up a lot of gold to store in its bank vaults. But the real safety net for their currency is the worldwide belief in the dollar. Now, if the Chinese suddenly decided to call in all of the federal government's obligations, what would happen? I've often asked myself that. Well, probably others would likely step in to service the market. This includes the Federal Reserve, which already owns six times as much debt as China. Now, the Chinese rely on American markets to buy Chinese-produced goods. That's important, folks. Everybody's like, oh, good grief, what happens if we wind up in a war with them? 
Well, that would be like Walmart declaring war on their customers on a Saturday morning. They need somebody to buy all their stuff, guys. We are their customers. Artificially suppressing their currency has made it difficult for a growing Chinese middle class. So exports are needed to keep businesses running. Consider what the current arrangement means. The Chinese buy up dollar bills in the form of treasury notes. This helps inflate the value of the dollar. In return, American consumers get cheap Chinese products and incoming investment capital. See how that works? So are we going to go to war with China? I doubt it. Both sides lose, not just in a shooting war, but in an economic war. That's all I have for today, folks. I'm Professor Jim Paisley. If you would like to help me continue these shows, it's as simple as clicking the support link where you access this podcast. Thanks, and be sure to remember your history.